This is a podcast produced by Visionaries Norway. Hello, everybody, and thank you for showing up for the third episode in the second podcast season produced by Visionaries Norway. My name is Thomas Tvedt, and I'm the one behind these episodes. So if you have any questions or comments, you can contact me or us through our webpage at www.visionaires.no. In the two last episodes, we were talking about the parents. And now we're going to go back and focus more on the users, if you will. If you are a blind individual and you want to improve your echolocation skills, you want to improve your mobility skills, you want to improve whatever skill, um, this is the episode for you. This is where you go from having learned something to improve those skills. So without further ado, here's Daniel Kish and myself. So let's say that I've been to one of your workshops, I've learned how to click, I've, I've started using a long cane, I might have even listened to the podcast series I created myself <laughs> <laughs> and, and I want to carry on, you know, I, I want to improve, um, improve my skills. Uh, where do I go from there? I mean, I guess you're not available for everyone 24 seven to give instructions. So, so what can I do on my own as a blind individual? Again, I, I tend to go principles, theory, practice. Yeah. So we'll talk about the, the principles of that. So pretty much getting good at anything requires three steps or, or three conditions. The first is motivation. You have to want to. Mm. So what's the want? What's the need? What's the desire? What's the drive? Mm. Um, so want to. Just know, decide how much you want to. Uh, and and maybe why is it freedom is it independence is it dignity are there particular things you want to be able to do like like sports or a certain job or to be able to travel uh, or to be able to take uh, better care of, of your kids maybe or or run errands you know uh, be better able to handle one's home um, I mean any uh, you use echolocation for anything you use our skills of navigation and freedom of movement for everything. So, so what is it that you want to do and why? So the first is motivation. The second is opportunity to practice, making use of opportunities to practice or creating opportunities for practice. So um, how do we apply those skills? You, you can't refine skills without practicing skills. Yeah. So uh, I'll come back to that one. And the third thing is, um, is increasing the challenge. So challenging conditions. We, we, given any skill, we refine that skill when we challenge ourselves to refine that skill. So it's sort of like practice plus, if you will. 
So learning, well, flash sonar or, or just the general process of freedom of movement, that's really like learning any skill. Say you wanted to learn a foreign language or you wanted to learn to play a musical instrument or you wanted to learn a sport, um, just to name three examples. Mm -hmm. You need to want to, you need practice. Who, who learns how to play a musical instrument without practicing that yeah. instrument, right? Um, if you're learning a language, you can't learn a language if you don't actually use the language. Um, and then challenging circumstances. So there's one thing practicing in the safety and confines of your own home. It's quite another thing to perform. For example, if you're a musician, that's the level of challenge that's creating the challenge or you know using a foreign language actually in a real situation with someone who speaks that language that's that's another example of challenging yourself so mm -hmm. or playing a sport again performance actually going out there where people are watching you you know live or die by your by your performance yeah so now i i have to say that learning echolocation or learning to move freely and comfortably is easier than any of those other things. Mm -hmm. It's just people pick it up faster, they pick it up more easily, even though it may seem scary to a lot of people, there may be some anxiety around it for a lot of people, over and over and over and over again, for the most part, I see that it's much easier for people to learn to do this and they start making gains very quickly in the process. What we often see is that they people come to a workshop or they do a, a, a two or three or five day training with me or with one of our instructors and they do make considerable progress during that time and then they just go back to their old ways, let's just say, the way that they were always doing things. Maybe it's being overguided, maybe it's only traveling routes, maybe it's not really traveling very much. Um, and then the skills just fades. So we have to be willing to change how we do what we do. And what, what are those changes that need to happen? So if I'm learning a foreign language, and which I've had to do, I made certain changes besides uh, taking an hour or two every day to practice the language in the comfort and confines of my own home. When I was learning Spanish, I had to go down to Mexico to do workshops. I had friends and I instructed them to only communicate with me in Spanish. Mm -hmm. uh, and that became a thing for me. Um, uh, when I was doing music, it was the same thing. I was a stage performer at one point in time, and I signed up for pretty much every performance I could find. Um, and when I began doing musical theater, I mean, that was quite, quite challenging because not only am I singing, I'm also choreographing, I'm dancing, I'm acting, I'm on stage. I mean, you know, talk about many layers. So, yeah. So those, well, pr 
theoretically and practically, those are three really important things to evaluate. How are we doing what we're doing? Now, to get down to sort of the life changes, um, are we always on our spouse's arm? Mm. Uh, are we always guiding around our children? So if you're a parent and your child has just gone through one of these workshops, uh, this isn't a magic bullet. Well, it almost is a magic bullet, actually. It does, it does make profound changes to the brain in a very organic way, but the brain in its organicness will just go right back to the way it was if we don't maintain those changes. So are we always guiding our children? Are we, we always directing our children? What supports have we, do we have in place that make it unnecessary uh, for our children to maintain and apply these skills. Um, <clears throat> and, and to be honest about that, um, whether it's a spouse or whether it's our children. Um, and it's not, of course, it's not just about echolocation. It's about using our cane. It's about being willing to, frankly, to make mistakes. So... We go out, we go somewhere, and then we, you know, maybe we lose our way or we become confused. There's a frame of mind that has to come into play where we convince ourselves that it's, it's okay because this is a stepping stone for becoming more effective. Um, and again, it's the same as learning a language or learning uh, musicianship or a sport. It, it, success is built on a succession of mistakes. Success is built on a mountain of mistakes, some would say. And so freedom of movement is, is ever a leveraging or a, a mounting of, of learned mistakes, I suppose. I mean, we've all made them. So... And I think the final thing really for this is realizing that that freedom of movement cuts across really everything. Because we're not just talking about mobility as a subsection of life. We're not just talking about echolocation as a subsection of life or using our cane as a subsection of life. What we're talking about is personal freedom. Yeah. Freedom of choice, um, freedom of, of self-direction. We call it self-directed achievement, freedom to achieve what we want, when we want, how we want. So all the rest of this are, are just pieces to that um, much larger puzzle, much larger whole. Uh, so, uh, so, it's, so I think many of us sort of compartmentalize mobility because we think mobility oh i went out for mobility yeah. i have a mobility instructor i use my cane during mobility you know um and really that sort of thing and mobility is just movement we're moving all the time you know we're physically moving all the time especially kids are moving all the time and 
the whole process of managing our lives is in one form or another all about movement. So it isn't just, oh, I use echolocation for this mm. particular thing, or I use it that time of day, or it's, or yeah, I use my cane when I walk to the mailbox or whatever. It's, I move. You know, I, I move all the time. I go places all the time. I, I, and beyond even that, if we want to look at it from a brain perspective, the mechanisms in our brain that are connected to and allow for freedom of movement cut across the whole brain. It's a whole brain thing. It cuts across our thinking capacity. It cuts across our, um, it's called executive function, basically how we manage our affairs, how we manage ourselves through life, how we make decisions in our lives. This freedom of movement business occupies pretty much every mechanism, every aspect of brain and body. And I mean, it's not just me being overzealous about it. It's, it's brain science, really. There's a reason why children, no matter what their condition, are highly mobile creatures. They're wiggly, they're jiggly. I mean, even newborns are not still. They don't even have control over their arms and legs. And, but they're not still. They're constantly in motion. Well, even before they're born, they're constantly in motion. And there's a reason for that. So this is how neurology develops. This is how neurology connects. This is how the entire body builds and improves upon itself. And the self-directed piece of that, the intentional piece, the part that says, this is what I want to do, this is where I want to go. This is how I want to get there. That's really kind of the foundation of the whole thing. It's the personal choice part. So, so freedom and personal choice go together. Movement is attached to freedom. And the pieces of movement are how we actually do it. Do we use our cane? Are we using echolocation? Do we get directions? Are we using a map? Are we using a compass? Are we using a GPS app? Uh, you know, are we using memory from having been there before? All of those things come into play. Uh, but none of them come into play if we don't do it. So the short answer, and it may sound, it may sound trite or elementary, is you, you have to do it. You just have to do it. And it's like, it's like learning anything. It's easier than learning most things. But it's like learning anything. You just, you have to do it or you won't learn it. And yeah, that's pretty much what I would say. Is there any, uh, you know, if you're learning an instrument or if you're doing sports, they will say you have to work this many hours, you have to do these exercises. Are there specific, you know, 
uh, echolocation exercises, cane exercises that you could, that they would recommend, or is it basically um, discovering what you want, what's my desire, and then just go from there? It can be both. I mean, the most important thing, I think, is the internal motivation. Or if you're a parent, finding a way to motivate your child. Well, finding your own internal motivation as a parent. How much freedom do you want for your child? That's for us parents to decide until our children become of age. How much freedom do we want for our children? Um, and then to, to kind of act accordingly. Uh, but that said... <laughs> You can teach yourself. Uh, you can, well, I mean, anyone who plays a sport will do that. They'll put in the time. You know, if, if it's basketball, you see them out by the hoops and they're practicing and practicing and practicing and maybe they're practicing alone, but they're still practicing. Um, same with an instrument. I mean, anyone who plays an instrument will spend time rehearsing on their own. So you certainly can put in that time. I certainly did as a, as a kid. I enjoyed mapping out neighborhoods. So I would, I mean, I didn't think of, I didn't think of it as I'm practicing. I didn't yeah. think of it as I'm rehearsing my mobility. But I enjoyed going out and mapping out neighborhoods. I mean, maybe I needed a life. Um, but I liked that. I liked going for walks. And I liked, for me, it was just a fun exercise to work out how all the streets fit together where they went, how they joined. Um, <clears throat> and of course, down the road, it paid off in, in many different ways. Um, becoming a mobility specialist, well, the bar was set quite high because I, I was the first blind mobility specialist. So in a way, people are wondering, is this even going to work? I put in a lot of time to make it work. And so I used to practice with my um, fellow classmates. We'd go out and we would get extra practice. I would get extra practice instructing them. They would get extra practice under the blindfold. And so we did that. Um, so, so we had one student who wanted to become an instructor, but he wanted to master echolocation first, of course, and he didn't have access to us because we just weren't in his part of the world. And he, he emailed me and we just didn't have a schedule to, to go there. So he looked up my writings. This would have been years ago, 2006, 2007. He looked up my writings, and from my writings, uh, he <laughs> created his own program. And to hear him talk about it, so he was highly, highly, highly motivated. He'd lost his vision not long before. He was about 26. And to hear him talk about it, he would practice for hours every day. And he designed obstacle courses. And then he would practice going through these obstacle courses faster and faster and faster. Um, and then he would choose environments. And he would, uh, he would test himself you know, by going through these environments. And, and he just developed his own program based on my, my writings. Now, that's, most people don't do that. But you can. And if you've been to one of our workshops or one of our trainings, you can, with deliberation, you can set yourself those challenges. I taught myself how to hike that way. 
So I started out simple. You know, I, I chose a trail that I knew was simple. And I went only as far as I knew I, was, I would be able to get back. And then I would go further and further and further. And then I would try new things. I used to practice stream crossings. Okay, here's a stream. You know, it's very simple, but the next one's harder. And the rocks are further apart. And it's deeper, etc., etc. right? So I would, I set myself my own program to practice hiking so that I got better at it. So I get, could do it more quickly. So that I could do it more, so that I could feel more secure about it. Um, and until such time as I, I kind of feel like I could hike anywhere and n not worry about a thing. So it comes back to, yes, what is your motivation? But then, yes, you can and probably should make some decisions about how you want to develop those skills. And probably when you set yourself more and more challenging skills or activities, the day-to-day -day activities are probably pretty easy. I think the summary would be motivation, practice, challenge, and then intentionality. What specific activities or situations can you put yourself in to improve upon your skills. Motivation, practice, and challenge. The three steps on the way to becoming a master echolocator. <laughs> Briefly here at the end, um, I want to give you three examples of what I've been doing myself when it comes to improving my skills with a cane, with echolocation, with, with, with getting around, basically. I'm born blind myself and I've met Daniel a few times, attended his workshops um, and also started on becoming uh, an instructor um, under him. So I've been supervised by him and have spent some time with, with Daniel, but mostly um, I've done, uh, I, I've worked on my skills all by myself because Daniel isn't around all the time. Um, so three examples. Before I do that, though, I'll, I'll just share quickly with you as well. Uh, in my opinion, when it comes to uh, getting more freedom, when it comes to becoming more independent as a blind individual, there are many aspects to that and two of these as aspects I want to point out because <clears throat> firstly, obviously, it's a practical aspect of learning new skills. It's a practical aspect and it has to be done. You know, if you want to get better at using the cane, you need to use the cane. Secondly, there is another aspect, which is the social aspect, which I think it's, it's important to keep in mind. Um, if you're, you know, stepping up and say that I want more freedom. Because in my opinion, or in my experience, when I've been, for instance, not wanting to be guided so much any longer, obviously, I practically speaking, I need to be able to take care of myself, like I need to be able to walk on my own, um, practically, but also 
from a social point of view, I've had to say no to people that I've been guided by all my life. And that takes a bit of courage. Wanting freedom, wanting independence um, requires a bit of, of bravery. It requires a bit of courage. And I just wanted to point that out because when it comes to uh, challenge, which is the third point that Daniel mentioned, um, just just uh, make sure that what you're challenging yourself with is manageable. It should be challenging, but it shouldn't be too challenging. It shouldn't be too practically challenging or socially. It shouldn't be too challenging either. So just keep that in mind. Anyway, back to my three, <coughs> excuse me, back to my three points, to my three examples. Firstly, what I've done a lot, and I've done this uh, both alone and with a, uh, with another a blind blind person that I know. Um, we've worked on echolocation and then we've taken, you know, one is sitting down, second one is standing behind, and then using different objects such as um, uh, books, cell phones, paper, clothing, um, all, all, all kind of, you know, relatively small or relatively bigger objects. And then the one person standing behind the other one is is placing the object in front of the person. And then we click at it and try uh, to our best, uh, to the best of our ability to describe what we're hearing. You know, is it flat? Is it hard? Is it soft? Uh, is it curved? How big do you think it is? Those kind of questions. And then also moving the things about so that there are either in front of you or they are to your left or to your right um, or above maybe how, how far away are they or are they stuff like that. Just and I mean, it's not that exercise is kind of refining your skill. It's it's kind of like a, when you zoom in kind of skill because obviously if you're walking on the, on the on the sidewalk you're not gonna stop for a long time necessarily to look at things but then it will give you it, it, it's just gonna help your your skill so that is one thing trying to name um, and 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 give you know uh, certain you know name certain aspects of, of the thing that you're hearing that's the one thing secondly I've been uh, going out more than I used to and I've been going out uh, only with my cane and my cell phone so that I have a GPS at hand if I should so need to um, and then walking around my neighborhood and, and it sounds ridiculous but uh, every time walking farther away from my house you know I uh, using roads that I usually haven't been been using. Um, one thing I've been doing is checking on, on Google Maps or any other GPS apps at first. Is it possible to get through where I'm getting to uh, using different routes? And when that seems to be the case, then I think, okay, let me see if I can figure that out. And slowly through that process, day by day, week by week, I've been covering more and more of my neighborhood discovering how roads are connected um, and where to get from, how to get from A to B in, in different ways. And I think by doing that, 
uh, in your own neighborhood, you're, you're, you will be uh, better suited, you will be better skilled when you're going out uh, in uh, places that you don't know. So, so that's one thing. And also, you know, after a while, uh, I've also, coming back to challenge, I've left my phone at home, only going out with my cane, um, you know, walking further away from my home every, every time, stuff like that. Thirdly, it's a small thing, uh, but I think it's important. And this comes back to the social aspect that I mentioned earlier. Um, I've started saying no when my friends, when my family, when people I, that I know ask me if I wanted to be guided. And funnily enough, I've realized that many times it's not that they ask me if I want to get guided. It's that I just assume that they will guide me and then say to myself, no, actually, um, I, I will walk by myself. And doing that in bigger and bigger chunks of time, you know, uh, if, if you want to, if, if you need to start only walking by yourself for 10 seconds and then increasing 20 to 30 seconds to a minute to 10 minutes to 30 minutes to one hour, you know, whatever it takes, whatever it takes to challenge you enough, but not too much. Um, and what I've found that, yes, uh, sometimes if, sometimes it's it's quicker if I'm guided. But most of the time it works very, very well. And I see that people that I, I, I used to think that, oh, they want me to be guided. But I've also seen that ah, maybe that's not so true. You know, maybe it's just that I thought that they thought that I wanted to be guided. So it all it all comes back to me, <laughs> and it all, I think that's also the case that it also in in many cases it com cases it comes back to us as blind individuals uh, that we need to be clear on what we want, and if we don't want to be guided, uh, well, let's 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 stop being guided. <laughs> so those are my three um, the, the the three things on the, on the top of my head when it comes to what you can do. Um, use objects to work on your echolocation inside go out for walks in your neighborhood or maybe travel places that you don't know and thirdly see what happens if you're not guided see how how you find that obviously there are loads loads and loads of things you can do but these are the three points that i come up with so i hope you find this episode um, uh, inspirational and if you have anything that you want to share, <laughs> if you'd find any of this, please let us know. You have listened to a podcast produced by Vision Natives Norway. Please follow us on Facebook or check out our webpage at www.visionaries.no if you have any feedback or want to support the work that we do. Thank you for listening.